To be in the mindset to do various things requires a certain amount of interest on my part. It requires having my inquisitiveness stoked by a subject. And in the case of an interview podcast, that means being stoked on the potentiality of asking questions of a person. What excites me in this process is a thirst for knowledge, and ultimately to try and gain understanding of where a person comes from, what makes them live the way they do, and what they see their life like, in both their product and their approach. So when I sat down to think about who I would like to talk to, the process was like this. What question do I want to ask, and to who? And today's guest was the first person to pop into my head. Fan Ran is an MC and a producer from Richmond, Virginia. Today he is an integral part of what is Richmond hip-hop. Together with MC's Ben FM and the label he runs with, Gritty City Records, Richmond hip-hop has gained a DIY approach that is reminiscent of punk rock, but in a new and exciting way. And Fan, I feel, is one of the strongest parts of this movement. While he only has one solo album released on Gritty, he has contributed to many songs on the Gritty catalog, and has a bunch of stuff on deck to be released in the coming year. But what is most striking is his individuality. When I first heard Fan, it was because he had contributed a verse to a song I had done with label mate Ben FM. I was floored by the verse, not because of the technicality of it, and not because he had the best wordplay, that was wordplay is good, but rather because it had some special quality, a very special quality. After talking with him today, I realized that quality is what you call soul. Fan raps effortlessly, and his rhyme style is much like his beat production. There's very little polish, but you can tell it's done by a professional. Couple this with the first time I met him in person, he was wearing a Dead Kennedy shirt, and well, I'm stuck on being a big fan of his work. So without any further words, this is probably being the longest, most drawn out intro I've ever done on the show. Let's talk with Mr. Fan Ran. Fan Ran. Goddamn! Where they train back at? I'm a star in the bar. Game said match. I'm touching everything, but I ain't had that. I'm on till I'm on. What you think about that? How did you get the name Fan Ran? Um, well, pretty much like I was when I got to Gritty City, I was just going by Ran. Like I was kind of out of the music at that point. Like I was taking a break, and so like my, I guess my welcoming back party, if you will, was with Gritty City. So like I needed something that like I needed to rebrand a little bit. So I just like basically was like, look. I lived in a fan the whole time I've lived in fucking Richmond, and it just makes sense. So we just put Fan Ran together. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's, it's such an interesting name, you know, because yeah. it's, like, it's got motion to it, you know, like like literally. But it yeah. also, it, 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 it's got that locality to it. and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why I wanted to pick it because it represented it. Like, I don't know, it just it kind of made sense on a lot of different levels. Like, it sounds cool, like it's easy to remember, and it represents like a little piece of like kind of like my whole journey since I've been up in the city, you know what I mean, which is basically focused around that neighborhood. So I worked there, I lived there, so it just makes all sense, you know. It sounds like you had taken a break from rapping for a while before you got with Gritty. Yeah, because I was in Divine Prophets, and when Wick passed in Divine Prophets, he was like the centerpiece of the group. He was the producer. He recorded. He was the engineer. He was like the creative force. Like around, it was like four MCs and him. He was an MC and producer. So like when he passed, we all were kind of like I don't know. We were just kind of over it for a second, you know, because like watching him deteriorate from cancer. 
like we couldn't even perform for the last few months and you know like that, that it is what it is on that level but it's just it was so like I think emotionally just tiresome for all of us that we were just like we need to take a break you know and just re recalculate and re re-energize and it just it, you know we were all grown by that point we were in our 30s like early 30s at that point and we were just you know life takes over and then the goodie thing came along and I saw what they were doing and John asked me for some beats and the rest is history I jumped on the train and so what year was that? Uh, 2000, uh, 2011, the end of 2011 is when I first played in beats, but like officially being on Gritty, like probably early to mid 2012. Hmm. Cause I had done Divine Prophets from like 04 all the way to 2011. Wow. And I mean, so, Divine uh, Prophets is still a thing. It's just, it's more like, uh, it's just more like a promotion thing now. It's not, it's not a group. So it's like an entertainment group or something? Yeah, it's, it's kind of what when Brian wants to, like, host a show. Brian's my buddy. He's, like, kind of, he took over kind of the divine business. Like, when he wants to host a show or throw a, a show, he'll just put the name on it. But it's not really, like, a music thing right now, the name recognition thing. So your thing is not only are you an MC, but also you're a producer. And oh, yeah. They seem to go hand in hand. Like, um, it, 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 I've heard you over beats that you didn't do, and I've heard mm-hmm. you over beats you did. And and yeah. when, you, when you're over your own beats, there's a certain extra something that's oh, occurring. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. first, um, you're seeing or, or beat making. Uh, definitely MC, and I mean, like, uh, even back in the neighborhood, I grew up in Pewsburg, like, we were, that, that's kind of how you rap, like, I mean, it's kind of how, you know, we came up in that era, like, that early 90s, or just, like, you know, exposed to so much, like, Gangstar, Blue Cam, all that, so, like, it just, it was a natural progression to try to write your own raps, and, like, I was 16, probably, when I started just playing around writing raps in school and shit. But like when it came, I, like I didn't get serious about it until I came up here. There, was, there used to be like this little, uh, this record shop in Richmond, because I came to Richmond in 99. It used to be like this record shop called Lions Paul on Bray Street. It was okay. like by the name of my homie Travis, my homie Rerock Travis, he, he owned that joint. And I used to go up in there and buy records from him. And then one day he found out I spit. I guess he heard I was sitting in the house while he found out I rapped. And he was like, yo, rap something for me. So I rapped in like 32 bars or some shit I had just wrote. And he was like, oh, that's crazy. I'm going to get you on this tape with my boy DJ Seven. And so that's kind of how it all started. Like, I got the bug after that. Like, I went into the spot recording studio, which is now over on Brooklyn Park. But back in the day, it used to be by on Grace, like by uh, VCU, like Belvedere and Grace. Right, right. So, like, I went over there. I had no idea. I'd never been in the studio before. And I went in there and laid down my little verse and everything. And uh, after that, I just was like, maybe I can really do this because these dudes are, like, cool about me doing this. So I started out, and then I met my boy Brian at 02 and then joined Divine P in 04. But I didn't become a producer until, like, a real, real producer until, like, 2010, probably. Like, I played around on drum machines for years, but I, like, 
I just got tired of rapping for a while, so I started playing with the drum machine and just picked up on it quick. So when did you get your first MPC? Uh, like, 04. I had one in 04. But, no, actually, before that, I had one in, I had an ASR 10 and the keyboard in 2000, 2000. But then I got the MPC, my first one in 04. Okay. And so, I guess maybe what we're using that. I was just playing around on it because we had Wit on Divine Problems. Like, he was such a beast on the MPC already, and, like, he was really protective over the sound of Divine Problems. And, I mean, not even really protective. Just, like, that's what made sense for the group. So, like, his production was what we, we, and it was so ill. Like, I wasn't anywhere near that level. Like, I feel like I'm kind of near that level he was now. But, like, back then, I was, you know, I'm not saying that it was trash, but it wasn't, like, I was still learning, you know what I mean? How to put yeah. sounds together, how to mix, how to, like, you know, do the drum work. So, yeah, I'd say 04 was, like, the first time I really got, I started getting busy on the NPC, but, like, I wasn't, I wasn't where I am now. I wasn't groomed like I am now. Right. And so, I guess when you started in Petersburg, Ryman, like, what were the artists that, that, was there a specific artist that, like, made you think that, Rapping was something that would be good to do? I mean, I would, like anybody else from that era, like, you know, I'm in my mid-30s now. Like, anybody else from that era, I grew up on Woo, of course. Uh-huh. But, like, like, but even, like, on a local level, I had the skill, the first skills record, you know. Okay. Like, so that was really, like, and that, that was really influential just to know somebody from VA could do just rhyming and do it really well. So, like, that was always, like, I started off more battle rap inspired, like, not like how the battle raps are now, like, all on YouTube and everything, but, like, just, like, how MCs used to just, you know, write crazy, you know, punchline-ridden raps. That's how I started, like, trying to just, you know, make fun of other MCs. And then, like, after a while, that gets old and you start coming to your own. But I say like Wu, Mad Skills, uh, who else? Yeah, like I said, Boot Camp was really influential to me, man. I love Boot Camp. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? OGC, Sean Price, all that. Like a lot of like just grimy stuff, Gangstar, of course. Definitely one of the biggest ones. And then my my favorite of all time is Mob Deep. I love Mob Deep. Like that. Yeah, Prodigy. Probably like one of my favorite dudes. So like, like definitely that really influenced me. And then just seeing, like I said, what Skills is doing. And then there used to be another group called Ilyaz from Petersburg. They used to be all in South Park Mall with their CD all the time. And I always okay. thought they were dope. They were uh, uh, shout out to Buck Dre and all them. They were uh, they were uh, Trey Songs people, but way before Trey Blue, like they was on their stuff for a long time since like the mid nineties all the way up. Wow. Yeah. And so, so that's the MC part. So where did you, did you have an, uh, a producer that stuck out to you? Oh yeah. I feel like every, every like producer, at least on the East coast, like from that time period, like I even would talk about this away from the Von P back in the day. Like every producer started out trying to make DJ Premier beats. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, right, right. Like, that's the first thing you try to do is, like, when you become a producer is you try to emulate somebody just so you can learn, you know? And then once you realize that you're never going to be that person, then you start to find your own style. But, yeah, DJ Premier, Alchemist, definitely Alchemist was a huge influence, Pete Rock. I mean, I feel like all producers my age say the same thing. But it really is true, man. Like, there's a certain, like, group of people. RZA, huge inspiration. RZA, I would say, like, my style even now to this day is influenced by RZA. And I don't even, I don't know, I just look for certain things like dirty, dusty strings and shit like that. Shit I came up on. Like, RZA definitely big influence. And then, like, anybody that was doing that Queen sound back in the 90s, like, uh, all the Queens rappers had like the same producers like Easy Moby and like uh, Easy LP and like just I don't know man it just sticks in my mind like lush like just dirty sounds like movie shit I love soundtrack shit like that you know yeah well and yeah, so on top of that you know I, when I I think one of the first times I got to meet you in person you're wearing like a Ben Kennedy shirt yeah so how did you get involved, get into getting the punk rock and stuff like that as well? Oh, well, coming up, like, too, man, like, I had, like, I when I moved out, I, I grew up in Petersburg all the way so I was, like, 12 or 13. And then when I moved out, uh, my mom didn't want me to go to high school because it's, like, a 75% dropout rate, and she knew. And I was already getting into some shit, so she didn't want me to, like, she wanted me to finish school, so she moved she moved us out to press drawers because she got a job out there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, like, I started meeting different, you know, people out there and shit. And one of my, a couple of my homies were really into, like, propaganda and shit and, like, uh, Avail. And they put me on early to that. And, like, and then I found Dead Kennedy's, which is my shit. I love Dead Kennedy. I just love Jello's fucking voice. It's so ill to me. Uh, you know, like, the tone. Like, the tone is so, like, I don't know. I'm really big on tones. And, like, I don't know. Like, it, like that shit is just, I could listen to it forever. But, like, like I, re- I just got into stuff like that. They was into that, like, propaganda, action patrol, like, cast like that, you know, like, and I just got put on to that. Like, I got put on to a lot of weird shit, like, in high school that kind of shaped the way I do music now. And I feel like even, like, the way Gritty does present stuff is, like, in a punk rock way sometimes. Not all the time, but, like, that's the underlying belly of it, like, even even if they don't know it is, you know, like for me it is. That's what I see. I see the same things, and it's. So I think that's that influence, man. Like I was really into like, I don't know, man, like just stuff like that. You know what I mean? I met Tony for us so like really early. Like he was he was my homie's homie. Like just so I like I was already aware of that scene when I got up here. I didn't have to be like indoctrinated into it. I was already with it when I was at a real young age. Well, that's the thing that struck me about Gritty is uh, I worked in the studio for a while, and when I'd usually deal with groups that were doing hip-hop, there was always a big difference between those clients and the uh, uh, hardcore-like clients, and that, like, my hardcore clients, they were going to put that record out next week, <laughs> and the, the, the rap dudes, they were usually making demos. You know, they were hoping to hook up with somebody. So it was usually more about a production deal. And yeah. there, it wasn't as more as, as much of a DIY thing. And I know yeah. some, some hip-hop uh, 
guys have done it the DIY way. Um, but yeah, when I came across Gritty uh, through Ben FM, um, that's the thing that struck me about it is you guys are really running it with those punk rock ethics of like you're not waiting for anybody. This shit no. coming out when you put it out yourself, but respecting yeah. it, doing it yeah. well, like making sure it's a quality like release. Um, taking time to have like the right aesthetic about it, like all of that stuff that you know, punk and hardcore has has prided itself on. Like you really feel that when yeah. that comes out of gritty. I mean, even the way that it's presented, it's it's not fifteen individual band camps for you guys. It's great nah. city records. Yeah, that's you know? the way we wanted it to be. Is all we wanted it to be like a mothership in a sense, like. Because we have a, it's kind of a collective of artists, but we wanted everything to hover under one ship, but also have the little, the little ships be able to go in their own little way and, and do what they do. That's what we always tell the artists that's on really. We want you to do as much possible yourself and build your brand as much possible yourself and just have Gritty be the conduit for your music to be presented the right way. That's all we ever wanted. And I feel like that's what we try to do is, is with the limited funds we have, we just tapped into a certain aesthetic and we've just been trying to make it, you know, everything go through that. And you're right, man. Like, I think that's just what it is. It's just like, why, why wait on somebody else when we can do it ourselves, especially now where it's so much cheaper to put out a quality product than it was like 10, 15 years ago. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like back in the day, you know, it was pretty much disc makers and that was it. And you had to have do like a, a thousand run, you know what I mean? Like now you can do like little hundred, hundred runs and stuff like that. It just makes it so much easier to like craft a, a good product. And I don't know, I, like I, it's, I guess it's the influence definitely, the punk it, it stuff influenced me in that way and I didn't even know it was doing that, but like maybe going to shows and seeing how they present it, that's kind of how we try to do, like have a merch table but make it look official and just like, but don't overdo it, you know what I mean? Like I, I, we, I always tell Jono like simple is so much better when it's done like elegantly, you know what I mean? Like, and right. just do these limited runs and like there's certain groups that, that that do that in the hip hop world, but they're you're right, they're scarce. It's most people just like here's a mixtape, I hope it pops, or I hope I get picked up. But like we're like, I think that's kind of over now. I feel like now it's pretty much what can you bring to the world yourself? Because people vibe with it. They they want to see the behind the scenes and they want to see like how you put it together as much as the product at the end of the day, like, so that's what we try to do, but we try to just filter it through the scope of Gritty, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. So what, what album are you on now? Like, you've got, let's see, uh, I got a, the last one I saw was uh, Loose Bow. So is that was that your first EP on Gritty? Yeah, that was my first personal. Like, I mean, I've had I've had a lot to do with every single one thing that's coming out, that's come out on Gritty for a long time, yeah. but, like, that was my first... Uh, that was my first, yeah, like, solo in general. I was supposed to do a solo with Divine Providence a long time ago, but it just didn't, it didn't come out the can. But this is the first one. I mean, and it wasn't even planned. It was just kind of like a bunch of crap sitting on a hard drive. And John was like, you got to do something with this. This is just, like, sitting here. 
And not like saying we're going to get rid of her, but he was just like, we got to do something with this. These are good songs. We need to, so I was like, why don't we just put it out and see how it sticks? So it wasn't a plan for it. But Ed D made the cover, and that was off the photo. And when it came back, I was like, this actually looks crazy. And John was like, yeah, now we can just throw these songs together. And we did, and that's how it came out. And, and so now you've got, from what I'm seeing on social media, you've got a new EP coming out with uh, yeah. Ben. The yeah, do, yeah, I'm super excited about that. That That's actually been in the works since 2013. We really didn't even know what it was going to be. And then when we started it, Ben was like, I want to do a history record. And I'm always like, if Ben says he wants to do anything, I'm with it because Ben is such like a, I mean, you know you've done a record with Ben before. It's yeah. just, he's such like a, all you have to do is basically capture the, what he's trying to do in a, in a little way, and it's going to be great because literally you know how Ben is. And But anyway, like, Ben was like, I want to do a history record. And this is before Hamilton came all out and everything, which is, I'm glad it did come out because now there's actually like a lane for it. But he was like, yeah, I want to do a, like, a, like a history of music record. And I was like, for real? And he was like, yeah. So we just sat down at the MPC for like sessions and sessions and sessions and custom made him like these beats that he could just like go crazy on and then just the lyrics he put on it are all quotes out of different books that he made rhyme which is insane to me to begin with yeah he literally like every verse is constructed of a quote from a book and then he just like takes different quotes from different books and then puts them together to make them rhyme and tell the story it's insane like I mean I really don't know if there's anybody else on the planet that could even much one think of something like that and number two executed the way he does it, 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 seems like, it, it seems like Ben just comes up with like these like almost impossible ideas. Yeah, and, and, and does it. trying to make it work, <laughs> and he does and he does it like effort, effortlessly. Like the pain second part was the production, and that was a pleasure. Like I love doing that shit, but it was just like literally, it took me so out of my frame, which is good. You know, it's always yeah. good to go out. But it literally, I was like making, I was, I was using like shovel sounds for snare hits, and I'm like, yo, this is fucking insane. Like, like I I've never heard anybody do some shit like this before. Like, I've heard people use like weird sounds and beats and shit, but not like to where it's attached to like a, a, a MC that's telling the narrative and like it goes all together like that. I mean, it might be for one song that might happen, but like yeah. for a whole album and. Yeah, and like it's covering decades of music, and it's not even covering the music. It's covering like what's going on in those decades and how it was relative to the music. I mean, Ben just has so many levels on this. It's insane. And then to watch him come in and record it in a day and a half, I'm like, Jesus. You know what I mean? It almost makes you want to like question why you're even doing music. You know what I mean? But also at the same time, be happy to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was the thing. Like when I gave him uh, the beats for the stuff we did, it was it was just stuff that I had kind of already made, and he went over it and picked it out, and uh, yeah, and we kind of worked uh, we worked a little bit on it, but then he just I think a year went by, and he brought it back, and he had just taken everything 
and yeah. made it a thousand times better just by adding little things here, little things, and then adding like lots of stuff here and lots of stuff there. And I was like, whoa, this is like, this just went from you rapping over my track to like, I mean, you own this now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like this concept works, and um, yeah, it, it's crazy working with them on that level. But um, it is. I had heard you describe one time what you call your flow style. Like you said, a friend of yours had had described. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like we call it dusto. That's like it's just some. It's just some bugged out. I don't know. First of all, the style is super bugged. It's pretty much like when I write something, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab on whatever I've heard in the last week and a half and turn it into something. Because all I do is watch like documentaries when I'm not making music and shit. And like that's that's a lot of times like I'll be taking mental notes or I'll write something down when I it'll it'll hit my ear. But yeah, like the flow though is just it's kind of behind the beat a little bit. Like sometimes I'll pause for like a quarter of a measure and then come in and I just kind of like try to decorate it in my own little way. And it's kind of the same flow every time, but it's like sometimes I'll, I'll play with it a little bit, but like I try to keep something. I, I do, I'm on like a one trick pony when it comes to the flow. So like I do one thing and I do it well. And that's just kind of what I do. You know what I mean? I feel like so, most of my favorite MCs are like that, like Prodigy, Pimp C, like people that I really like probably got a lot of my style from is like the same way. So I think that's just kind of influenced it. But then yeah. I just plug in my weird references, man. I'm all about like, I don't try to do it. I just, it's whatever I hear that day. Sometimes it might be straightforward or some life shit, but most of the time it's just going to be like, whatever's going on and, you know, the weird reaches of my brain, you know what I mean? Well, you definitely have your own kind of language to it. Like, yeah. Like, when, like, you know, there's certain things that seem to, like, reoccur. Um, yeah. There's certain things that, uh, like, sound wise, like, you, you definitely make, like, it's like like when listening to one of your songs, it's like stepping into the fan ran. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to bring them into a different thing, you know? Yeah, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask Pyrex. What? <laughs> oh yeah, well, attack with that. What's that about? So me and um, me and when Joe Threat was still alive, and we were we were starting to record his album. I was going to produce his album, kind of like how I'm doing for a lot of people now. Um, but we were in this little. I got this little. If you see my studio, it's like a little cubby hole. It's a laundry. It's basically a laundry room, and yeah, but I just built the studio around the laundry room, the little closet. And uh, my boy was like, yo, this is like a little nook. It's like a little, it needs a name. It's like a little, it's got its own little thing. So I was like, man, we always cooking in here, man. We cooked that raw in here. And he was like, yeah, yeah, like pot, like, like, like you're cooking in a Pyrex. And I'm like, yeah. So we called it Pyrex Palace. And then I just shortened it to Pyrex because it was just, you know, easier to brand like that. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's like, you know, that's where the, that's where the, the raw gets cooked up, man. That's, that's what we call it, the Pyrex Palace. It's just, oh, it's just, if you see it, it literally looks like some tiny, like, little laundry room full of records and drum machines and stuff. It's really what it is. It's nothing special, but it works for me, and the acoustics are good in there, so that's why I love it. I guess when I talked to you, at one point you had mentioned that your MPC itself, it's actually like a pretty old, like it doesn't even say 
Yeah, it doesn't, still doesn't save. I'm still rolling on it. It's Chad's old one, and then I got my old one disconnected to a MIDI, and that's the brain. So if I need to, like, load in any save sounds or anything, I just MIDI through that. So it's really just a, a mess. And my boy was like, yo, and my boy keeps trying to get me to upgrade to the Renaissance to want the new MP that, like, hooks to the computer. He was like, this would, this would just save all of this. You wouldn't even have to go through this. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. It's part of the process now. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. to me, like, for real, it's like a ritual to me. When I get in, me and my boy were talking about it yesterday. He has a Renaissance. And he was trying to tell me, he keeps trying to tell me, you got to get it, you got to get it. And I was like, no, nah, man, but, like, it had to be in a certain mind state to even be in the studio. Like, like every day I go in, but I go in at the time where I get that, that urge to do it. And it's all part of that. Like everything that I do is, is, is part of that ritual, like of making music, man. And I'm like, I don't want to break it up. I'm really like superstitious about stuff like that. You know, I'm but, the same way. I'm, yeah. Cause when you have something like that, that's your own, yeah. process like that's yeah. your own recipe and yeah your own thing is going to come out of that and if you change right the wrong thing <laughs> it's over yeah, yeah yeah you gotta like and it's funny man like i sometimes when i don't make beats for a while like i'll take a break like a week or two that's a long time for me and uh, like literally i'll have to go back and relearn my process a little bit you know what i mean so that's how i know that is a legit process for me is because I have to go back in and like get, get back in that mode and be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Here we are. You know, like it's almost having to relearn. So that's how I know. Like I was like, man, if I change anything, it's going to change the whole sound. It's going to change. I was so superstitious about that. Like probably to a fault, but that's just the way it is. Man. And you know, I think that might be why your stuff stands out because it seems like the artist that stand out that like when you're listening to them and they actually have their own language to their art it's because yeah. it's the result of that process it's not yeah. just a bunch of shit they bought at guitar centers together it's not of a, a you know the product of a process yeah i mean it really is the grimiest in there i mean like i keep it clean but it's grimy like in the fact that like the npc won't save the, the screen's almost out. There's a crack in the laptop screen. There's, there's like a knob on the mixer that don't work. You have to know, like, to even make music on my setup, you gotta know, like, how to even navigate all that bullshit. But it's special to me, like, and as I get older, I, I learn to trust my own process more and more, like, not really paying attention to what other people are doing and just kind of like, submerging myself completely in my own world. I feel like, I don't know, like it's just pure happiness when you're allowed to do that, you know? Man. Yeah. That makes people adjust to my world. When they come get a beat for me, I make them adjust to like, cause I don't want to have to like, I don't know. I'm just, I don't want to have to adjust at this point, man. Like I feel like that's what you do when you learn. But like, once you get to a certain level, you learn every day. Don't get me wrong. But like, once you get to a certain level and comfortable in your own process, why well, change it? It's work for you this long. And my dad always, used to, my dad always used to tell me, "Dance with the girl who you took there." You know what I'm saying? Like, dance with the girl you took to the dance. Like, stay with her the whole night. Like, that's what I try to do. Is like, that's what people like. So I'm gonna just keep giving them what they want. You know? Yeah, man. Well, awesome. Um, 
I guess in closing here, uh, what do we have to look forward to coming from you? You got the thing with Ben. I got, um, I got a marriage. That, that's probably going to be in the next few months. We just, we literally taking our time over Gritty now. We don't try to put like a, uh, to a date on it too much anymore. We just try when it's ready to go, it's ready. So we got that. We got American music. But that's them. I got, um, uh, Tyrex Don coming over with Roscoe. That's a whole album I produced by him. Um, I got, uh, another project coming with DC Music First. He's our videographer. I produced the whole thing for him. And then I got some work coming with Mo Hendricks from Fugitive Nine. And I got a special record that's probably going to be done at the end of the year. It's all, the record's already done, but I, it, it's just, uh, note with Noah O. It's not a whole record. It's just a little, it's, it's a song that people are going to be like, wow, I can't believe they did a song with this person. So like, yeah, it's going to be a nice little, I don't know. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to release it, but we're trying to keep it kind of low key. But that's probably the thing I'm most excited other than American music. But as far as like fan ran solo stuff, probably at the beginning of the next year, mine will be ready. I, I take my time with mine, especially now that I know like the audience is there. Now I'm like, I, I got to take this one's going to be a lot more hopefully cohesive than the last one was. You know, I love the last one, but that was kind of more of a collection. This is going to be more of a, like, actual focused album, I guess. But, you know, I I don't like trying to put no pressure on anything. Just when it comes, it comes. You'll see. Awesome. Well, how can uh, people, uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on, like, Instagram is, like, the number one thing I use. It's Dan Ran RVA on Instagram. And then if you want to go to, Facebook is Fanran Fanran RVA on Facebook. Same with Twitter. But like I said, Instagram is like the main one. And if you want the music, it's on Goody City Records on Bandcamp.com. And you do uh, uh, live stuff on uh, Facebook every uh, every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you'll, you'll see. Like I do a live video here and there just to let people know how the process goes. But you gotta catch the live because I'll usually take it down like within a day. Cause I don't like people. Uh, that's the way I am, man. I get I, I'm weird, man. Like I'll throw it up and I'll be like, okay, that was enough, and then I'll take it back down. I don't, I don't know. Like I want like the sound quality, you know. I got a little trap phone, so like it. I don't know. Maybe if I get like an iPhone seven or some shit out, but I don't know. It's all part of my like. It's all part of my broken down technology. It all goes in the same thing. <laughs> it's all part of my dinosaur lifestyle. Hey man, keeps it interesting and it keeps, yeah, man, it keeps it authentic, you know. Yeah, I know it's it's always fun to tell people what you make music on, and they look at you like you're fucking insane. They're like, "You should get the machine. You should get the Renaissance. You should get, you know, whatever." I'm like, "Nah, I'm all right with this Cubase and this MTC." You know? All right, man. Well, thanks so much for talking with me. And yeah, uh, man. Yeah. Thanks for um, having me on. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I'd like to thank you for listening today. This has been Various Things. To get more episodes, please point your web devices at variouspodcast.com. And you can like us on Facebook by searching Various Things Podcast. And of course, we're on both iTunes and Stitcher, and probably YouTube at some point. All discoverable by the entry of the name into the search bar. Thank you for listening. The track at the beginning there was Trainwreck by Fan Ran off his Loose Bowls EP available on Gritty City Records. The outro music 
was Freight Boxing by Silence of Suicide, which was released by me on CD. Uh, it's available now on Ovilar Tobacco.